0: Hello, and welcome to the Good Robot Andy's Season 5, Episode 8.
1: Wow.
0: No, 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 I'm reading. (laughs) Where are you reading it from? I'm reading it from our webpage. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because I'm looking at what the previous episode was. So, this is Season 5, Episode 9, because if you're going to look at the webpage to figure out what episode you're on, you have to add one when you read it out. One? so uh, it's season five episode nine uh my name's andy Balam. uh my name is andy Cockerill. i said it differently
2: you but did well done, you improvised i it. just jumped in there <laughs> no dead air for us no no surrey
0: <laughs> it's going really well yeah we've um, had some
1: t-
2: we've had some technical difficulties to get as far <laughs> as we are this evening so yeah
0: to be honest i've been struggling all day okay right uh Uh, and yeah, season five is the best horror of the 20th century, and we have got to horror that is so good, uh, that you only get two films per episode. Indeed. So today we are talking about numbers six and five. Yes, I can't... Of our countdown of the top 30. It
2: seems like a long time ago that we started this, I can't really believe that we've got this far.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, five seasons.
2: Five seasons, we've got to a... a top thirty. We got got to a countdown, which people seem to be enjoying.
0: Do they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I there there were some comments. There was some feedback. Should we go through the feedback? We can go through some of it. We're going to save some up to make it look like we have got more than we have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let me find. So there were some comments on on our blog, which is artificialworldsnet goodrobotandies But you Indeed. can just Google for, or what? Or uh, duckduckgo for goodrobotandies, and you'll find ours. Uh, yeah, so um, Season 5, Episode 6, there were quite a few comments on there. I'll just open them up and see what we've got. I say quite a few, not that many. But there was a long and rambling comment from Kathy, which made a number of points. Yes. Um, because she had a binge of episodes. She said she was enjoying our thoughts, which is amazing. Yes. Um, she's very happy that we discussed The Sixth Sense because she thinks it was her that reminded us about it.
2: Okay, well, Kathy, I can, I can inform you that it was you that reminded us, or reminded me, about how great the sixth sense
0: is. Awesome. Yes. And she's going to do another little happy dance. She said she was doing a little happy dance.
2: Well, there you go. You can have two for one. Um, it's a twofer on happy dances. Uh, uh, yeah, cool. so uh, something dropped out to, to be replaced by the sixth sense.
0: That is so controversial. I want, uh, when the 30 episodes... Uh, not 30 episodes. When the 30 films are finished, I want to hear what dropped out.
2: We'll have to go back through my history of uh, the document and see what it was, because I haven't kept a record of it, unfortunately. Right. Oh, dear. Yes. Um,
0: Cathy says it was very, very scary. This is The Sixth Sense. It was very, very scary... And it made me a bit worried about going into the shower after seeing the three people hanging behind a curtain. Oh, yeah, that's scary. It,
1: yeah,
2: it's pretty scary.
0: Scary yeah. ghosts.
2: Scary uh, the ghosts. other, the other bit that's scary is the bit in the indoor tent. Mm. Don't know if you remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Well, I mean, the whole thing is, is scary. Um. So, also on Kathy's comment, um, I think I think I coined a phrase to go with something from from Kathy's uh, <laughs> comment. She said that her husband uh, yeah. gave a snort of derision at our comment that Jeff Goldblum's performance in The Fly is amazing.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So I'm now calling that a drive-by snort.
0: <laughs> I do them quite often. <laughs> yeah, she said. She said her other half. But yeah. <clears throat> okay. He, so yes. He actually, she said, <clears throat> her other half pulled an incredulous face.
2: Okay. So. But to me, that's like a drive-by. That's a, a drive-by snort.
0: <laughs> yeah. Heard you? That was when he when he heard you praising Jeff Goldblum's performance.
2: Yeah, I mean, come on, it's canonical that Jeff Goldblum is amazing in the first place. Yeah, uh, but I also mean, took, that his performance in The Fly is incredible.
0: That uh, that comment led me to take to the internet and ask the internet whether they agreed that Jeff Goldblum was awesome in The Fly. mm Hmm um that was a bit like shouting into the void <coughs> yeah i don't think the internet's listening really so but, a, bit, um, a
2: bit like twitter then really
0: yeah well it was twitter right that was the part of the internet okay that i took to um, um yeah. yeah i don't think i got any response
2: that's because people are idiots
0: no one cares <laughs> nobody cares <laughs> no one cares what i think no one cares what i say i care
2: I care. I, think I care. I sound like Luke Skywalker.
0: I, think, I care. I think it's a reasonable approach that not to care what I think or say. So I, I don't. I Criticise them. You know, it makes me sad, but I don't. I don't take issue with it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um.
2: Uh. So we're we gonna we're we gonna hold everything else
0: back. And yeah. Let's hold it back. Okay. Let's hold we it got. Back. I mean, there's enough to talk about for episodes. There is.
2: Yeah. There's a, there's a lot there. <laughs> um, Thanks, Cathy.
0: Shall we? uh, Shall we move on? You're holding up the end of the listener.
2: Should we move on to our first movie tonight?
0: Yeah, we had some. Do we have more comments from Daniel? I feel like there was some other. Um,
2: I think. Oh yes. So, um, there was an unrelated one. Is Mm -hmm. it? Was this due to homoerotic content of a movie? Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Daniel Daniel sent us a list of accidental homoerotic. Yes. Um, that's right films but then you responded saying some of them are definitely not accidental absolutely
2: but I can't remember what I think 300 he listed 300 as accidentally homoerotic (laughs) and I said there's no way there's (laughs) no way that's accidentally homoerotic and the other one that was um, accidental was Top Gun and I took issue with that as well
0: right you think that's deliberately I think it's dripping
2: with bromance I mean come on yeah, but wasn't it from a time when that,
0: that people made films like that because they didn't realise what was going on in their subconscious? I
2: don't think there's any. I don't think you can. Um, I don't think you can mistake Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise as not fancying each other in that film. Okay.
0: Yeah. I think. I also realise yeah. there was a comment from someone called Ralkage on our blog yes. in September. Yes. Yes. Which said, "Love the podcast, fellas. Very enjoyable." Uh, so thanks, Ralkage. That was cool. Yep. Yeah. we love the comment. We'd
2: like some more of that, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, just comments that just say stuff that's nice about us. That's that's really what we're looking yeah, for. Yeah,
2: we don't want any like you guys suck lols. We don't want any of that. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Although to be honest, that's better than just silence. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So says the child of an abusive parent. There you go. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that your parents are abusive. I'm you know, at all. I'm just saying that you know. Yeah, we, we create my parents are really
0: nice to me, I think perhaps too nice to me. I think the consensus among my uh, friends is that my parents are too nice to me and that's why I've got such deep character flaws. <laughs> so in a way it is their fault.
2: It is all their fault, fo- well yeah. <laughs> um, we We could do a poem about that that's full of swearing but we're not going to.
0: Yeah, I really really like that poem. It's the only poem I've memorized. It's very good, and, isn't it? Uh, in in my life. <laughs> it's well, the very only good. poem that has re- I've retained anyway that I memorized.
2: Yeah, okay. Um so now that we've analyzed your character flaws and um
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, should we do a movie? Or well, at least mention I think we've mentioned my character flaws. I don't want to say we've yeah. analyzed. Them. Well.
2: Yeah.
0: Um should we do
2: number 6? <laughs> Yeah. What's film number six, Andy? Number six is an American independent horror film from
0: 1968.
2: 1968. Yes. Uh, um, so a clue is that you've mentioned this one about three times already in the list. So, a
0: Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> no.
2: 1968. <laughs> Come on.
0: Oh. I'll give you another guess. Um, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Yes.
1: Yes. yes,
0: I've actually mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street more than three times. So <laughs> I, <should have> known. <laughs>
2: I think you definitely have. Yeah, is it a, not- is it a Nightmare on Elm Street?
0: <laughs> yeah, Night of the Living Dead. I re- that's what I reckon it is. And you're right, it is excellent. Yeah. So
2: this is what I would tell con- me about it. I consider the- this to be the granddaddy of the zombie genre.
1: mm
0: Hmm. Um. Written? Are there any any films that can be identified as zombie films that came before it? I can't think of any. Uh huh. Um, I mean, they're de- yeah. sort of dead people coming back to life, like vampire type things. Yeah, but
2: they're the they're the they're the undead, aren't they? So the the, yeah. the vampires are known as the undead, whereas the living dead are zombies. Okay. And a zombie's not part of the undead. I don't know. No, okay. don't no, because they rot away, whereas vampires okay. are. Undead, you know, they stay the way they okay. are okay. forever. Okay. Um, so that, that's, that's my take on mm-hmm. that sort mm-hmm. of fine line between stupid and clever. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Walk in the line.
2: Walk in the line. So this was written, directed, photographed, and edited by George A. Romero. You, wow, I didn't know that. That is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. A legend of horror, and I think a cultural legend as well, who died fairly recently. We, we had a chat about him on this podcast, actually.
0: We did, yeah.
2: About what a cultural icon he was for so many people. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, he's <clears throat> made things that are life-changingly beautiful, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: uh, co-written by John Russo and starring Dwayne Jones and Judith O'Day. The story follows seven people who are trapped in a rural farmhouse in western Pennsylvania, which is besieged by a large and growing group of living dead monsters. It was completed on a budget of, have a guess about the budget.
0: A million dollars? No.
2: $114,000. That's
0: not a lot. It's not a lot,
2: no. It was shot outside Pittsburgh where it had its theatrical premiere on October the 1st, 1968. It grossed 12 million domestically and 18 million internationally. Wow. Earning over 250 times its budget.
0: It's been it's reg- black and white. It's
2: black and white. It's been regarded as a cult classic by film scholars and critics despite being heavily criti- criticized upon release for explicit gore. It eventually garnered critical acclaim and has been selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry as a film deemed culturally, historically or aesthetically significant. That's quite something Mm -hmm. for a movie that cost $114,000.
0: Yes. Am I right that it being black and white was a cost-based decision?
2: Yes, so it's shot on super 16mm. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, a cost-based decision. You know, you you got right. to go with what you can afford to shoot it on. Right,
0: because um, it was it was basically just about the end of the black and white era.
2: Um, yes, I think. Or so. after the end. Yeah, I mean, I think black and white had had come and gone, but people were still mm-hmm. using it. People still mm-hmm. use it today, but but generally digitally rather than mm-hmm. um, in film. I mean, there is mm-hmm. still sixteen millimeter film stock available. Mm-hmm if you choose to use it, but it is expensive to shoot on film.
1: Mm,
2: Yeah. Um, It led to five subsequent films between 1978 and 2010, who were all directed by Romero, inspired two remakes. Mm -hmm. Uh, The most well-known remake was released in 1990, which was a remake of Night of the Living Dead, directed by um, special effects pioneer Tom Savini.
0: Who Hang on, that you think that's the most well-known remake? I don't think it is. Oh no, I was going to say. So I thought you said it was the most well-known. What did you say?
2: Well, I think it is. Well, I think it is because they're talking about remakes of *Night of the Living Dead*. Okay, okay. So not of any of the sequels. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. But I think that I think that the probably the *Dawn of the Dead* remake, which came out in the two thousands is probably better known than the Romero's original. It's actually, it's actually a very good film. So, uh, Tom Savini, who directed the remake in 1990, which I don't actually think is a very good movie, although does star Tony Todd, who was Candyman in Candyman. All right. trying, uh, have I seen
0: it? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't
2: it's okay. It. okay. I mean, it's okay. It's not on this list. <laughs> There's um, a reason. It's, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um... But Tom Savini was uh, responsible for the make effects of um, Dawn of the Dead mm-hmm. and Day of the Dead. Um, I don't think he was involved in Land of the Dead or any, any of the subsequent movies. Um, interestingly, he was a combat war photographer mm. during the Vietnam War, which might explain his... Um, Maybe obsession, or you know, with with makeup effects and and gore. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, that that kind of thing is going to have quite an effect on mm-hmm. you. So, Night of the Living Dead is notable for basically having a leading cast of a black man and a Jewish woman, mm-hmm. which, which at this time was unheard of. I just I can't think of another movie that has two leading roles. Um the black man played by Dwayne Jones is noble and heroic yeah, and although also flawed. sensible
0: and sensible not such a fool as the other characters.
2: <clears throat> as all of the other people. Yeah. Um notably a father as there's a husband and wife with a kid and he is um cowardly and illogical and puts them all in great danger.
0: Yeah. And white.
2: And white, notably, yes. Um, has one of the greatest, I think, one of the greatest downer endings, I think, uh, along with The Fly, <laughs> yeah. for having a bleak ending.
0: Yeah, but much um, more political. And I, and it, much more political most, ending. Yeah. yeah, probably the most memorable political point made in a film that I can think of.
2: Yes. So, at the end of the movie, the only person to survive in the house is Dwayne Jones, who wanders around the house in a daze trying to figure out what just happened. And we then cut to, this, cut to a scene of a bunch of white guys with guns who are mopping up the, um, the zombie remnants. And they spot him wandering around in the house and they shoot him in the head.
0: Yeah, I think, <laughs> and I think they say, yeah. there's one.
2: And then There's one.
0: Get him right between or the eyes. Like that. I think yeah. it's the
2: right. line. Yeah, and the and the movie then ends. So um, he's you know he he expended all that energy for nothing, basically. It's an incredible ending. Yeah, incredible. But what a film this is. Mm. It's <clears throat> you know shot on a a shoestring budget. Romero appears to be fully formed as a filmmaker already in terms of constructing this story. It's an incredible, incredible
0: film. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. For a genre-defining film, Yeah, it's remarkably similar to other films in its genre. You know, like, the genre really took what it did um, without many adaptations and, and continued on, yes. on the same line. So, you know, I, it, it, I would contrast it against something like Psycho, which yep. is a kind of genre-defining thriller, hor- is, horror thriller,
2: yeah. a slasher movie. Um,
0: but uh, other films in the genre are kind of more focused, or you know, you know, tighter and less less bit, less two things at once than Psycho is. But *Night yes. of the Living Dead* spawned a whole load of a whole genre of film that is into which it fits perfectly. Do you see what I mean?
2: Yes, I do. I I, I think that um, having said that it it defines a genre um it owes a debt to um films like john ford's stagecoach
0: mm-hmm. what's in that which a
2: disparate um it's a western mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, i think it's um, some <coughs> it might be john Wayne's debut right um i'm sure i'm sure a listener will probably put us right on that but um and it features a disparate group of characters who have to pull together to defeat some pesky native americans mm-hmm. <laughs> Um it hasn't
0: aged so well politically.
2: <laughs> it hasn't, but, but the blueprint for a movie like Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and a movie like um well so many kind of people in peril in a single location mm-hmm. um they owe a debt to stagecoach. Mm-hmm. how does it in terms historically, of historically
0: yeah. how does it fit in with um Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Is it before or after that? Uh this is after right, Invasion right, right. of so the Body So I Empire feel stagecoach. like maybe it owes something to that as well.
2: Yes, it probably does. Yeah, it probably does. I think what Romero brings to it and what he brought to all of his um zombie movies is allegory. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, this is a this is a a movie that is allegorical about racism, mm. about class, about gender politics as well. Um about um what happens when you throw people together who comes out on top who starts to crack uh it manages to pack a lot of message into a a fairly short running time
0: yeah and it and the genre covers a lot of other issues as well and especially yeah. especially grief and grieving yes
2: um, yeah because at the beginning of the movie um I think the two characters are Barbara and Johnny. I think they're brother and sister. And they've gone to they've gone to lay some flowers on a um a relative's grave. And Johnny sees a man on the hill overlooking them walking rather strangely. Mm-hmm. And he starts saying they're coming for you Barbara, they're coming for you. And she freaks out and says, "Oh stop it, you know, <laughs> stop being an idiot." And as this guy gets closer, he he attacks Johnny and bites him. Right. And, and she, uh, Barbara runs, drives off in the car. Right. So that's how the movie opens. Right. I
0: hadn't realised that um, the grief fit into this film. Uh, I was thinking of other films in the genre, especially the Walking Dead right. series. Yeah.
2: Oh, right. yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, maybe it's obvious that a film about dead people coming and getting you would feature... Mm themes around death and grieving but you know yeah. to me uh, I think the way it treats that that, which in one sense is utterly crude and um, you know has no sophistication at all in another sense I think allows us to explore emotions and things around that um, in a way that other less sort of crass things don't
2: yeah I think that's true. I think um, this this film still packs an enormous punch. Uh, I think that the gore effects have diminished with time, um, but I think the social political message is still front and centre, mm. and and has never and yet sadly has never lost its impact.
0: No, and I, I mean I think so it, themes like yeah. that are, are much closer to the. The front of our minds, right now, yeah, in twenty eighteen, than they were maybe say in the in the middle of the time between that, that that film and now.
2: So this film is now fifty years old, and I would say that things haven't really changed that much in the United States. They've been up and down since then. Uh, I think that right now things are are very bad indeed for lots of people. Yeah, uh, I think this, we're further this, away from yeah.
0: the time when public lynchings were a normal thing.
2: That's true, yeah. But we're we're closer to a time... Yeah, we are living... People are living through a time in the United States when black people are openly just being shot on the streets by the police.
0: Yeah, scary. Just
2: because uh, they can. Um... And that's really shocking, so this film you know highlights a situation that existed back in nineteen sixty eight um, I'd say things haven't moved on that much since then, not as much as they should have done anyway.
0: Well, I think we can all agree with that
2: um so let's go th- let's have a look at so um uh, just
0: so this is the only chance I get to talk about the other George Romero films, right?
2: Um, I think I think in our um, in our post top thirty, we, we we must talk about the ones that I couldn't include on or I didn't include on the list. Okay,
0: okay. So I don't know. I don't want to start talking about them.
2: No, I think we should do that. We'll do that later. Okay. okay. Um. Because obviously, there. You know, my decision to put this on the list mm-hmm. is is because it is utterly iconic. It's the one that kicked off all of the others. Mm. Is it You the, could argue that the, the, best? the others Well, that's what I was going to say mm-hmm. is that you could argue that the others might be better movies.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's only um, really but one that that's in contention for that prize. Yeah.
2: Which is the middle one. I think it's Dawn, Dawn of the Dead. Is the middle one. Yeah.
0: I would um, I, I would make an argument it's uh, well, it's a film that's more my favorite put it that way.
2: Yeah, okay. I think it's a lot of people's favourite of this trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I included this one is because I think it packs one hell of a punch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a social political commentary. I think Dawn does as well. Yeah. But I think this one is even more powerful and and it's still powerful now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um so that that was my reasoning for it really.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean just the um, fact that it's it came first has got to give it a huge amount of um, credit in terms of getting onto this list, because this list, it turns out, is a list of films you think we should see, and films you think are important. Right. So in the, yes. the second category, it, it's it's clearly more important than the other films that were inspired by it.
2: <laughs> yes, I think it is. Yeah, uh, I think that um, you know we've discussed the wa- the Walking Dead, the TV series. Oh, love it. And. And and what a debt it owes to George Romero. Yeah. Because without it, there would be no Walking Dead.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I think there's a reason they named it in a way that fits in with the series. You know, I think they openly um, admitting or saying that it's part of the same heritage.
2: Yeah, and it is very The Walking Dead is very allegorical, mm-hmm. um, and it is soapy and relationship driven mm-hmm. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And And so are the dead movies, I think, right right, yeah, they are about um,
0: what happens when a group of people get thrown together, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: and the Walking um, Dead gets to explore that um much more slowly and therefore deals with human suffering in much more detail, yes um, but yeah, it's in the same universe as far as I can see, you know, the way the mechanics of the universe are the same
2: I'm just looking through some of the um some of the critical responses to it at the time. Mm-hmm. Just found a very amusing one. <laughs> um, so uh, Pauline kale called the film one of the most gruesomely terrifying movies ever made. Actually, well, you know, I think this is a good one. So I'm, I'm going back to a, a bad one. Um, so, I was say,
0: that sounds like a good review to me.
2: No, it is a good one. I'll read that out in a <laughs> yeah. moment because Pauline kale was very influential as a reviewer okay. for good or bad. Right. right, right. Um, so Variety said it wasn't... Unrelieved orgy of sadism and question the integrity and social responsibility of its Pittsburgh based makers. The New York Times critic Vincent Canby referred to the film as a junk movie as well as spare, uncluttered but really silly. Um, <laughs> however, Pauline Kale called the film one of the most gruesomely terrifying movies ever made. When you leave the theatre, you may wish you could forget the whole horrible experience. The film's grainy, banal seriousness works for it, gives it a crude realism. A film daily critic commented, this is a pearl of a horror picture that exhibits all the earmarks of a sleeper. While Roger Ebert criticised the matinee screening, he admitted that he admires the movie itself. Uh, Critic Alex Rex Reed wrote, if you want to see what turns a B-movie into a classic, don't miss *Night of the Living Dead*. It is unthinkable for anyone seriously interested in horror movies not to see it. There you go, listener. It is unthinkable.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, if it depends who you are, but if you're if you're not into horror films and you're asking me, what should I watch, um, I I think *Night of the Living Dead* demonstrates. At least in my mind, it demonstrates why I like horror. You know, there's, um, you, I feel like it's edifying. You come out of it, um, changed, and yes, it's really hard to explain why. <laughs> but then I guess maybe some of the stuff you've already mentioned explains why. You because know, actually it's exploring themes that are important in the human experience.
2: Yeah, it is very much of that ilk. Yeah, definitely.
0: But, yeah, don't get the impression that it's like an essay. It's like a, you know... like The description of it as a junk movie, you can see where that comes from. It's it's like a... Yes. Garish. How do you pronounce that? Garish. I'd say garish. Garish. Yeah. Splatter. Jump. Scare. You know, gore. Guts. It is all of those
2: things. It is all of those things, but it is also... A biting political satire. Yeah. And life changing. And life changing. That does take itself very seriously. Yeah. Um, So, and that's something that Romero would do for the rest of his career. He would never wink at the audience Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and say that he wasn't doing it for real. Um, But we should talk about that. We should talk about the sequels and what they bring to the genre.
0: The other thing, which we'll probably talk about more when we talk about the sequels, the other thing about it, which I think is important, is um, I think it's a minor element of this film and it's bigger in the sequels, but um, there is a definite sense of uh, sympathy or empathy or pity for the zombies. There are some Hmm. films that feature characters like zombies or actual zombies where they're purely just a thing that comes to get you in the night. Um, But even in this first film, uh, there's an agony to their existence, which is kind of clear on their faces.
2: Yes, um,
0: definitely. Which you feel as a viewer.
2: Yeah, you definitely feel that.
0: And that's part of its comment on the human condition, I think. That's why I like it so much.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's an amazing film. So, um, listener, uh... I implore you to watch this uh, it's available on various releases just having a look to see what the most recent one. Oh, there's, there's a Criterion collection one uh there's a 4k blu-ray
0: released by Criterion oh wow so is that which is is, that, is is it worth having 4k do you actually get anything out of it
2: well yes I mean you should do it'll it'll look very very good it's was released this on February this year, sourced from a print owned by the Museum of Modern Art and acquired by Janus Films. So that's interesting. That must be one that well, it hadn't previously been used. I'm trying to see what the one before... So, so the thing the thing why there's so many releases is because it passed into the public domain Ah, quite quickly.
0: How awesome.
2: Yeah. And when it's awesome and it's good and bad because there's a lot of crappy releases out, there's a lot of bad prints of it on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh-huh. Um, I've got one at home that's actually very good
0: as a digital oh, no, restoration. But that's that's brilliant. Imagine what nice. um, new pieces of art can be made from it. Yes, yes. Did you know, listener, you can do that with our podcast because of the license under which it's released.
2: Yeah, you can take it and remix
0: it. Make it into whatever you like. You could combine whatever it you want. with Night of the Living Dead <laughs> in some way. I can't yeah. imagine I tell you what we could do we won't because we can't be bothered but that means we could edit clips into this podcast Oh, that would be so cool can we though oh from Night of the Living
2: Dead yeah. yes we can yes.
0: but we're not going to because we're too lazy
2: but I'm much too by lazy by we I mean that. me but
0: yeah
2: yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you do the editing on this thing you do the heavy lifting <laughs> has to be said I
0: do very little editing that's how it ever comes out
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that is number
0: six. Six, that was number six. Number six. I'm going to need to get myself a larger TV if I'm going to watch 4K videos. Yes. I don't think it's going to happen. Yes. I'm not really allowed.
2: You'll need, um, you know, people buy ridiculously small screens to watch 4K on. Really? It's a waste of, it's a waste of time. You need, you need over a seven-foot screen to get the real benefit of it.
0: Wow, that's a long way <laughs> from yeah. the size of my screen. <clears throat> it's a big screen.
2: You know, they show 4K in cinemas. Right, right, right. You right know, yeah. That's how good it is. Yeah. So,
0: um, Cool, I won't bother. So,
2: our next movie. Number five. Number five is a 1984 American slasher film.
0: Is it A Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. I was getting worried it wasn't going to be in there. It is It's in there at number five. Straight in at number five.
2: Yes, indeed. Now, as I've said, I think, many times on this podcast, I'm not a fan of the slasher genre. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have had a couple of those already. So, uh, notably Psycho.
0: Only Psycho, right? Or was there something else?
2: Well, there's Texas Chainsaw, which is
0: kind of a slasher I don't know what a slasher is. Tell me what a slasher is and then... Well,
2: for me, it's someone with a blade chasing after teenagers. So, Halloween and Friday the 13th are definitely mm-hmm. slasher movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can safely say that neither of those are on this list. Well,
0: they're not very good, so...
2: Well, they're not very good, no. Um, however, this one is mm-hmm. written and directed by Wes Craven, who is a legend, is a legend. of um, American horror movies. Produced by Robert Shay. It stars Heather Langenkamp, John Saxon, Ronnie Blakely, Amanda Wyss, uh, Ju Garcia, Robert England. In a, I would say career defining performance that basically stopped him being cast in anything else for the rest of his life.
0: <laughs> is that Freddie? And
2: John, and also stars Johnny Depp in his film debut.
0: Ah. So the bloke who was career defining was that? Is that because he's Freddie? Yes. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah, incredible performance, mm-hmm. I think, Robert England. Um, so the plot focuses on four teenagers living on one street, the ubiquitous or eponymous Elm Street, mm-hmm. in a fictitious, fictitious <laughs> town of Ohio who are invaded and killed in their dreams, thus killed in reality mm-hmm. by a burnt killer, who is Freddy Krueger, with a bladed glove. The teenagers are unaware of the cause of this strange phenomenon, but their parents hold a dark secret from long ago. <laughs> a dark secrets from long ago, and yes, ago. they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was filmed on a budget of one point eight million, and the film earned it back in in its first week of release.
0: And Cathy has been nagging us to include Scream in the list. Yes, um, and this is this is the film. Really, which Scream is is satirizing or calling back to?
2: I guess it is, but it, it is. I mean, it, because Scream is a Wes Craven movie. Yeah. Um, I suppose it is calling back to this, but but isn't Scream sort of calling back to all slasher movies?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But in my head, there's it, it's a very direct link between these two films, and there's a real affectionate, you know. So, Scream is talking about the rules, blah 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 blah. Yes. And those rules, in my mind at least, were completely established by Nightmare on Elm Street, and that, and the joy uh, of following those rules, um, and and riding on that roller coaster is is all there in a the Nightmare on Elm Street.
2: Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. I think that's fair. Um,
0: and it does so follow the rules. It's... You know, they do run upstairs instead of <laughs> running away, and yes, they do. And it is the one. The girl with brown hair who survives, who hasn't hasn't been misbehaving and so on.
2: Yeah. Uh, It was released on November the 9th, 1984, where it went to gross over £25 at the box office. It was met with rave critical reviews and is considered to be one of the greatest horror films ever made, spawning a franchise consisting of a line of sequels, a television series, which I don't remember... Mm and a crossover with Friday the 13th. Yeah, that's called Freddy vs. Jason.
0: <laughs> is that as it's good as good. Alien vs. Predator?
2: It's. I think it's possibly worse than Alien vs. Predator, yeah. which is Alien vs. Predator something. was
0: sort of almost worth watching.
2: I watched Aliens vs. Predator, and I I thought, hey, this is really good. I want to watch it again. So I started watching it again, and then I turned it off and thought, no, it's rubbish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's fairly <laughs> throwaway. And I think the sequel's worse.
2: Oh, the sequel's dreadful. Um, so it is credited with many tropes found in low budget horror of the 70s and 80s, originating in um, John Carpenter's Halloween,
1: mm-hmm.
2: including the morality play that revolves around sexual promiscuity mm-hmm. in teenagers, resulting in their eventual death, leading to the term slasher film. Okay. Not sure why that leads to the term slasher film. Um, <laughs> Critics and film historians state that the film's premise is the struggle to define the distinction between dreams and reality,
0: mm-hmm.
2: manifested by the lives and dreams of the teens in the film.
0: I remember the first time I watched it, well, I was, as I was watching it, I was absolutely loving um, the fact that it, it's, deliberately, it's deliberately picked a storyline which is designed to trouble you when you leave the cinema. Yes. Um, because of this idea that uh, when you fall asleep that 's when uh, you get got and that 's uh, obviously when you 're vulnerable and not able to yeah it 's very
2: clever that I th- it, it is an, i think it 's an incredibly um, sophisticated movie for what is essentially a piece of popcorn entertainment mm-hmm. it 's a very sophisticated film you know it, it, the the whole blurring of Of um, dream and waking time Mm -hmm. is a really interesting ploy.
0: Would you say plot device? Would you say the most sophisticated bit is when she's talking on the phone and then Freddie's tongue comes out (laughs) of the phone and licks her face?
2: (laughs) I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. (laughs)
0: Um, I say that's probably the least
2: sophisticated (laughs) part of it.
0: But it does, in all seriousness. Even though it is, uh, it's not a great special effect and it's uh, a silly idea. It, it's very it's funny. also the mixing of dream and reality that you were talking about.
2: Yes. So there's um, these teenagers get dispatched in really imaginative ways. <laughs> uh, so I seem to remember some, someone being in the bath and Freddie's hand sort of pulling them under the water. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else being in bed and sort of getting sucked into the bed.
0: And then blood spurting out of the bed all over the ceiling. Yeah,
2: I think that's Johnny Depp. I think that's Johnny Depp that gets dispatched like that. Um, But then our heroine realises that that she can probably fight him back in her dreams.
0: Well, yeah, she spends a long time trying to stay awake, which is obviously bound to fail. But that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. Films where um, people have, try and stay awake. Like that bit in Battlestar Star Galactica where they're, um, they have to jump every 45 minutes.
2: That's a great episode. It's an
0: amazing yeah. episode.
2: Yeah. Um, That's a that's a, a trope of a movie called The Babadook as well. Oh, right. W- and which then is amazing. There's that,
0: the follow-up to Memento that I didn't like. Insomnia. Uh, insomnia?
2: Ins- yeah, I didn't like Insomnia. I found Insomnia to be uninvolving.
0: Disappointing. And cold and yeah. clinical,
2: yeah. Which was a shame because it's got a fantastic cast.
0: Yeah. Um, we might have yeah, wandered might slightly s- off yeah, the point.
2: <laughs> yeah, maybe. When well, we're talking about sleep. Yeah,
0: and like yeah. things where people have to stay awake. That's pretty
1: cool.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, so yes, not Melville Street. Completely gone off topic, though. Uh-huh. Excuse me. So, yeah. Oh, sorry. <coughs> Apparently, the, the movie has many biographical elements taking inspiration from the director's childhood. Right. That's interesting. Um, so the basis of the film was inspired by several newspaper articles printed in the LA Times. Um Centering on a group of Southeast Asian refugees who, after fleeing to the United States from the re- results of war and genocide in Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam, were suffering disturbing nightmares after which they refused to sleep, and some of the men died in their sleep soon after. Medical authorities called the phenomenon "Asian Death Syndrome." <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it? Ah, uh, nice. The condition itself afflicted only men between the ages of 19 and 57 and is believed to be a sudden unexplained death syndrome of Brugada syndrome or both. The 1970s pop song "Dream Weaver" by Gary Wright sealed the story for Craven, giving him not only an artistic setting to jump off from, but a synthesiser riff for the Elm Street soundtrack. Oh, that's interesting
0: so Dreamweaver the song that we know that's about
2: oh Dreamweaver yeah. that's from Wayne's World
0: yeah <laughs> that's where it's from it's from Wayne's World um, yeah. that uh, that was about this phenomenon of these people dying in, in their sleep is that uh, what he said maybe he
2: yeah maybe wow
0: um, so Craven has also stated that he
2: drew some inspiration for the film from eastern religions he's a really interesting he was a really interesting guy Wes Craven mm. Um, I think,, you know, like so many horror movie directors, a, a real intellectual, um, before he was a film director, he was a university professor.
0: and he made, so, you know, he made all, yeah. all the sequels, right?: uh,
2: He was producer on most of them,
0: all right but aren't they rubbish? If
2: not all of them. Some of them are rubbish.
0: Okay, I don't think I've seen any of them.
2: Okay. I'm just having a look to see. Uh, which ones so uh, Nightmare on Elm Street he was director and writer and Nightmare on Elm Street 2 where is it Okay, so Dream Warriors which was directed by Rennie Harlan he was exec and writer Okay. Uh, so no he wasn't involved in all of them Okay. Just a, just a few of them, but he, but then, interestingly, in 1994, he uh, produced, directed, and wrote a movie called Wes
0: Craven's a New, New Nightmare. Nightmare. Yeah.
2: Which is a really interesting movie, quite meta. Yeah.
0: It's about the making of a Freddy film, but Freddy's in it, right?
2: Yes. So it features Heather Langenkamp and Robert England as themselves,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, but also uh, Freddy Krueger. Right as an actual character mm. in himself and um, it's very interesting it's um, I don't think it did very well at the box office because it's quite it's quite strange and intellectual mm. in the way that it hangs together
0: I liked it. But, it but it's very cool I've only seen it the once I think
2: yeah so it's basically about you know these, these two actors realising that Freddy Krueger might actually be a real person
0: <laughs> that he's kind of come to life yeah yeah, he's entered the, He's entered. The that's real the world. idea
2: That's the the idea behind it, yeah. Um, I think my favourite of the sequels is probably the third one. Okay. uh, Which is called Dream Warriors, which is um, hugely entertaining in a kind of junky popcorn kind of way Mm -hmm. because it sort of takes the idea that Freddy can attack us in our dreams, so why can't we attack Freddy in our dreams? That's Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the way that it goes. Uh, I think that's my favourite... I, to be honest I don't remember a lot about the other sequels I think I've seen them all okay um, but that's the one that really sticks in my mind
0: yeah maybe I should watch um, some
2: na- yeah I'm now actually doubting that it was directed by Rennie Harlan I'm just going to check and see who it was directed by oh Chuck Russell okay I was completely wrong on that one Yeah, Dream Warriors is good fun. cool. Yeah, yeah. It's good fun. Uh, I'm just going to see who, I'm just going to very quickly see who made the other ones, though. Um, Oh, Renny Harlan made the fourth one. Okay. Uh, And Stephen Hopkins made the fifth. Stephen Hopkins is an interesting director. We'll just um, go off quickly go off topic and Mm -hmm. see what he's made he's made some interesting stuff actually so uh, Predator 2 is one of his Mm -hmm. which is okay I don't remember much Uh, about it yeah yeah, it's okay
0: it's no Terminator 2 it is
2: not Terminator 2 no Uh, which still for me is James Cameron's best movie but a country mile um, yeah there we go so that's Nightmare on Elm Street why is it on the list?
0: yeah why is it on the list?
2: Um, it's Wes Craven uh, it was a very t- it was a tough choice finding you know choosing a Wes Craven movie because mm-hmm. you know as listener knows there's only one director on the list
0: one film um, per director
2: one film per director yeah exactly so this was a tough choice because he's made some amazing movies the reason why I chose this one is because I think that it is, it's really interesting. Uh, you know, the the whole blurring of um, dreams with reality is an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a fantastic performance by Robert Englund, who would go on to repeat that in the subsequent movies. Um, I think it's Wes Craven at the top of his game. It's really and, really enjoyable. Yeah. It's really, really enjoyable. Is it okay it's, to
0: like a film like this, which is basically about watching violence being done to um, teenagers, especially girls?
2: Well, that, that's the reason why I don't really like the slasher genre very much, because it generally features young women being killed. Um, but I do have to acknowledge that the slasher genre is a genre of horror movie, and that it is influential on other things. And I think that um, if for no other reason, the pop culture reference of Freddy Krueger is so powerful mm-hmm. that the movie has to be on the list.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, such a huge affection for this film. Um, I think it was the film that I watched from the horror genre that was the thing that made me think, I actually like this genre and I want more of this horror thing. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't know... How uncomfortable I should feel about it, basically being about violence against young women. Yeah, but, I don't know uh,
2: really. I mean, this came out. Uh, hopefully, that's not why I like it. I don't know. I remember watching this back to back with Alan Parker's um, Angel Heart. Okay. With uh, with Mickey Rourke, which is, you know, probably a horror movie. I think you could say it's a it's a horror movie. I think it's really hokey <laughs> as as a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it. Um, it's worth a look. Mm-hmm. It's not I mean, I think that it's there's three quarters of a good movie in there okay and and the quarter that doesn't work really doesn't work. <laughs> so Robert de Niro plays a character called Louis Cipher louis cipher Lucifer
0: oh okay <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> cool.
2: And he delivers what you could arguably call a ripe performance, uh-huh. but it does feature a what I would consider to be a career-defining performance from Mickey Rourke. Okay. Um. It, yeah, Angel Heart, when it's good, it's really atmospheric. You know, a lot of it's shot in the Deep South, in New Orleans, and making fantastic use of the locations there. Uh, it's all about voodoo and someone. Stealing another man's life, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that person may or may not be Mickey Rourke. You'll have to see it to decide. Okay. So
0: but you, it is good. You watched it yeah. the, the back to back? Yeah, so I, I
2: remember watching this back to back, Angel Heart and Nightmare on Elm Street, and thinking that, um, you know, they're wildly different movies, but they both exist as horror films in their own way. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think that of the two of them I think Nightmare on Elm Street has stood the test of time better than Angel Heart right. has.
1: Yeah. I just love
0: better. I love the film. I can't necessarily tell you why. I this guess is good. I, I probably just yeah. watched it at the right time in my life. Mm.
2: I think it's got a sense of humor. it mm-hmm. It's got well it's got a blackly comic sense of humor. Robert Englund is terrific. It's the the thrill, concept thrill is
0: thrill of being scared by scary
2: things. Yeah, it, it's properly scary. I think that if this were a, well, if this were a straightforward slasher movie, it would be a Halloween or a Friday the Thirteenth, and it wouldn't be on this list. Mm. Um, but because it has this really cool concept uh, <clears throat> and a lot of style and a lot of thought that's gone into it, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's been carefully thought through. Mm-hmm. That's why it's here. It's, um, it's another iconic horror movie. Mm-hmm.
0: And then on the point about violence against women, I do feel like there are some films, I don't know whether this one fits this category, there's some films where um, directors have taken the opportunity that, the, that a woman is the central character in these films to make that woman a good character. Um, and I'm thinking of Joss Whedon in particular. Um, yes. but i feel like a film like this has an element of that as well uh, in a way in an ironic way even though um you know the the worst of these films is like titillating um violence and against you know um immoral young women um mm. the it, it's also a, a part one of the places where um western cinema has given women proper roles
2: Yes, I think we could argue that Joss Whedon, you know, is known for writing, I'm doing air quotes now for a (laughs) podcast, strong female characters. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure he's very good at writing feminine characters.
0: Right. He's only a man. Um,
2: He is only a man after all, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, interestingly, that just reminded me that um, the Good Robot Andy shared a Twitter post this week Somebody did a marvellous drawing of um, Buffy and Ash <laughs> yeah. from Evil Dead, yeah. <clears throat> which which was very fine indeed. And that reminded me <clears throat> that I forgot about the one... One of the amazing quotes from Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. is when Ash puts together his um, chainsaw arm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they do the montage of him mm-hmm. building the thing. Then he looks at the camera and he says... <laughs> Groovy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What a great film that is. Yeah. Yeah, that should definitely be in the top 30.
2: It is. Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Things are as um, they should be.
2: Things are Everything is as it should
0: be. I don't know if everything is as it should be.
2: Well, on this list they are. Uh, really? Oh... in. Uh, uh, what might be interesting is that um, on Christmas Eve we are going to watch Gremlins uh-huh. in the evening, um, but in the daytime we're going to watch the Snowman with the baby.
0: Uh-huh, so uh-huh. yeah, so yeah, report back on whether whether you really think Gremlins deserves to be in the top thirty.
2: I will report back on that because it is a Christmas movie. It's set at Christmas, right? right, so. right.
0: And in also in a, a f- in Good Robot Andy. Future viewing news. (laughs) Yes. I I recorded Sorcerer off the TV because you pointed out to me that it was going to be on. Um, So at some point, I will watch Sorcerer.
2: You are in for a treat.
0: And we'll find out whether I'm in for a treat.
2: You're in for a treat, although, you know, I did say that there are caveats to it. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, it is flawed, Mm -hmm. but I think visually and when it's on form, it is unstoppable.
0: It's very weird watching a film we've talked about on this podcast because we go into a lot of detail. So I developed this really strongly formed opinion of what the film's going to be like. Mm. And then the film is nothing like that when I watch it. Okay. So it it will probably be very weird for me to watch Sorcerer because it, this, it's one of the films that's come up again and again um, on this podcast. So I've got this really strong idea of what it's like that's probably completely wrong.
2: Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I think um, I, I think we have discussed this on the podcast before. But Ben Wheatley, uh, I think one of his upcoming movies is going to be another version of The Wages of Fear, right. which is the movie that Sorcerer is based on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, which I'd be very interested to see. I think that he will bring a lot, a lot to that. His next movie uh, is going to be a version of Rebecca. Okay. Uh, which I'm, which is a really interesting prospect mm-hmm. because I think, you know, uh, Wheatley is probably best known for making pretty hardcore, uh, not horror movies so much, but um, um, you know, hardcore thrillers and mm-hmm. splatter films. I'd mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. Rebecca is very much a psychological thriller, mm. but I think he could bring a lot to it. Is that the Hitchcock mm-hmm. film? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. which is right. based on a Daphne du Maurier novel. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah, there's a version with Laurence Olivier and uh, can't remember.
0: I seem to remember it being a psychological thriller.
2: It's very much of that ilk. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of of its time, you know. It's it's an early Hitchcock. I think maybe it may have been his first Hollywood movie. Right. Um, cuz he made quite a lot of movies in Britain before he became a Hollywood director. But I think it's his first Hollywood movie. Um, but yeah, weekly making a version of that is enticing, I think.
0: Cool. You know what we didn't do? What's that? We didn't do the countdown with the one-word reviews.
2: Well, let's do it is now. that because it was a bit rubbish? <laughs> because you kept forgetting what they were. We
0: can't stop. We can't stop now.
2: Okay, let's do it. Okay. Uh, Shall I, I call them out? Yeah. Or do you wanna, um, have you got a list you need
0: to refer to? No, I'm just going to make it up. So you're going to get new okay. reviews.
2: At number 30, Gremlins. Commercial. At number 29 near dark
0: haven't seen it that's what i should say for ones i haven't seen
2: okay At number 28 altered states haven't seen it number 27 hellraiser um um uh, well known i'm going to do this list like the um the pools <laughs> list that they used to do on final right. score they probably <laughs> maybe they still do it but um yeah they do At number 26 the Blair Witch Project.
0: Uh, uh, very similitudinous. 25. Jacob's Ladder. Creepy.
2: 24. Nosferatu. Classic. Have you seen Nosferatu?
0: No, I haven't seen it. <laughs>
2: Number 23. <laughs> I think I've probably. Invasion.
0: I've probably seen it. I don't Invasion know. of the Body Snatchers. Influential.
2: 22. The Wicker Man. Um, terrifying. 21. Carrie. Um, misses the mark that's not at one twenty word. silence of the lambs, don't worry about that relatable at number nineteen audition extreme number eighteen ring uh,
0: fresh number seventeen psycho um genre defining number sixteen
2: the fly fun number fifteen event horizon, boring. I think last time you said derivative.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Fourteen,
2: an American werewolf in London. Um, Oh, I've already had fun.
0: Um, More um, fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh,
2: Number thirteen, the sixth sense. Um,
0: uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Quiet.
1: Hmm.
0: (laughs) <laughs> quiet
2: <laughs> quiet uh, at number 12 The Omen
0: um okay uh
2: gosh what's to say about that um properly scary
0: yeah let's go for scary otherwise i need more words scary
2: uh el- number 11 Don't Look Now
0: don't think I've seen it uh
2: number 10 The Haunting
0: that's the one about the house right Yes. Yeah. Creaky.
2: Creaky. Yeah. Number nine. Evil Dead Two.
0: Hilarious.
2: I think you missed one there. You should say.
0: Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> you even keyed it, keyed it up for me earlier. Uh, Cre- yeah. Num-
2: <laughs> Number eight. Rosemary's Baby.
0: Um. Creeping.
2: Hmm. Number seven. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Actually,
0: I've changed my mind to too Paranoid.
2: Yeah, okay, no, that's that's perfect, yeah. It uh, takes a chance on must, haven't seen it. Yes. Uh number six, a nightmare on Elm Street. Um th- Thrilling. Thrilling. And number five, I got these the wrong way round, but uh number five, Night of the Living Dead.
0: Oh, was it should have been number six, Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, okay. I got them the one way round. So <sighs>
2: number five is Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um oh, there's not one word for it. It's one of the most important films in my life
2: ever ever made yeah
0: to me so there we are we are we've got all the way to number 5 we've got four left wow listener you need to get in touch you do
2: we'd like some speculation to what what the last four might what's be. going to be
0: in the top 4 you'll get two of them next time and yes. then the last two will get one podcast each
2: each yes indeed Indeed so. Now, I was reminded of something then. Oh, yes, Don't Look Now. Mm-hmm. Um, I shared this on Twitter, uh, I think, last week. Uh, director Nicholas Rogue, who directed Don't Look Now and um, The Man Who Fell to Earth, uh, died uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in his 90s, so he had a, he had a good old innings. Um, very, I think, one of the most probably unsung British directors. hmm in that he made a lot of, well, not a lot of, he made a handful of really influential movies and then didn't really make very much um, after that. Mm -hmm. But what he did make was hugely influential. I think that um, Don't Look Now is an amazing film. Uh, Man Who Fell to Earth is um, arguably the movie that made David Bowie an even bigger star than he was already. Um, He also made a version of The Witches, Roald Dahl's book mm. which is which is rather good mm. um, he made a performance with Mick Jagger and he shot Far From the Madden Crowd for John Frankenheimer All right. so hugely influential really talented probably should have had um, a more successful career than he did but maybe he didn't want it I don't know um, but yeah I think that his work his work will stand the test of time, cool. I believe. Yeah. So there we go. Little, little tribute there.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, How about that? some plugging?
2: Yeah, uh, do some plugging.
0: I'll do some plugging. Okay. You know that uh, thing I was saying about character encodings? I was going to make a YouTube yes. video about it. Have you done it? I did it. It was Woo-hoo! at least as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Well, you'll have to watch the video and let me know how much fun you find it. But honestly, I just love it. I don't know (laughs) why. I think it's because it's got lots of little details. And when you finally get your head around them, it's just satisfying.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: Also, it may be because it's not quite as broken. Even though it's got stupid, weird quirks that are annoying, it's not quite as broken as a lot of things in the computers are. Basically Unicode right. is probably good enough that we can do all our characters using it.
2: Do you remember multibyte encoding?
0: Yeah, I mean Unicode the Unicode encodings, most of them are multibyte, but they're not like the bad ones. Honestly, watch my video. <laughs> okay. okay. It's got Latin Latin all the different Latin code pages and um uh the weird one called EBCDIC, and all kinds of stuff.
2: Dick. Yeah,
0: it's the IBM... Uh, yeah, I won't go into it. Listener, if you're no, interested, okay. watch the video, because honestly, it's probably not suitable for this podcast.
2: Listener needs to watch this, I think, <laughs> if they're interested.
0: And even if you're not listener, I mean, it's only an hour of your time. Only Yeah, an hour? it's an hour long.
2: <laughs> you couldn't watch an episode I had to cut loads. Did.
0: I had to cut loads of it out to make it an hour long. <laughs> okay,
2: okay. Well, you did some judicious editing.
0: Yeah, not editing. I had to remove it from the actual content before I started. Oh, I never edit it. things, okay. come on. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, why don't you do some plugging?
2: Okay, so yes, I present a radio show on Glastonbury FM, 107.1. Right,
0: and on what in, street can you listen to that?
2: Uh, in, the Gla- in Glastonbury Street, right. which is near the right Wells. Right,
0: just down from the Wells. In the Wells, Wells, <laughs> Wells, Wells. And if you're if you're too far from the wells, too far down the street from the wells to listen, you can hear it on the internet. Ah, you can listen on the internet.
2: So if you search for Glastonbury FM on the internet, you'll find it, and then you can listen online, which is right. cool. Right. Um, so yes, I, however, I am standing down from that show. Uh, oh. So there will be three more this year, mm. and then that's it. You I better catch them. Is
0: there an archive or anything, or is, if people miss them, is, um, are they gone?
2: I think they're gone. Oh. The whole shows are gone, so yeah, um I do have copies of them, mm-hmm. so I could put them on um what's it called uh, there's a a website where you can put copyrighted content and they pay for the copyrighted content. I can't remember what it's called really so, wow, yes um, I used to put the show on there, but I don't anymore mm-hmm. uh, but i haven't I haven't published any podcast highlights for a while because time constraints but what i'm planning on doing is when the show is finished is starting to record reviews of movies and tv shows and pushing those to the podcast feed awesome because uh, because i have a bit more time stay subscribed
0: deal. there's an archive yeah. of podcast highlights there yes sign up now
2: yes indeed so sign up now because it's there's called more movie stuff coming um uh, yeah, so I camel do
0: that, case. and I... Camel um, case, what is it? Camel case, no caps. Camel ca- no camel case, no caps. No camel, ca- oh, no, getting ca- getting no camel case, no caps, is that
2: right? No, 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 no. No camel case, no caps. No, like no camel case, no caps. <laughs> <clears throat> um... So I do that, and I contribute to this podcast. Sometimes I host this podcast, but I haven't done for a while.
0: Yeah, but we might do one. I've forgotten we what need the to topic do a was.
2: What was the topic? Um... There was well somebody said why aren't we all driving around in flying cars?
0: Oh it was ransomware wasn't it? That was was that what my topic was going to be?
2: No we've done that. We've done we've ransomware. Done we we did um there was one that we wanted to talk We talked
0: about. about cryptocurrency but that wasn't it. Oh I want to talk about why you should leave Facebook. Yeah yeah yeah.
2: Oh yes, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Or rather that we're going to have a much
0: more sophisticated debate than that about um behavior manipulation, okay? So because, tune in for that. Because Russians
2: because Russians.
0: <laughs> oh, that was
2: nice. Oh, really? <laughs> because Russians. <laughs> oh, that tickles. They're
0: all listening to us. <laughs> that sounds better because you haven't got your pop shield today.
1: I
2: don't have my pop shield. I just did a very quiet pop.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's probably it. Listener, um if you're excited to hear the um the last four um horror movies in the greatest horror movies of the 20th century or indeed if you're excited to hear more about character encodings, um make sure you tell your friends about the podcast. Make sure you like and um like and subscribe, like and subscribe and review and stuff so that other people get to hear it. Not because we get any money because we don't not because we have any plans to make any money at any point. I do. Don't. From the podcast. I mean, I d- you know, if someone offered us the money, you know, fine.
2: I just have one thing to say before we go. Uh-huh.
0: I'm man. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time.